Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Flint Jameson, who is the founder of Vestus Capital. Flint, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Thanks for coming on the show. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the Wayback Machine. I'm a mechanical engineer, graduated from Colorado State University. I uh, My my claim to fame, or I guess the, the, the coolest part about what I've done in my career is I helped design the 787, the Boeing 787. Uh, from there, I became, got my MBA, became a program manager and helped modify aircraft for the Air Force. And I just recently quit my W-2. But let's focus a little bit on the real estate. So go back in time again. 2018, I bought a duplex. I burned it. It was, it was good and all, but I realized all that work, all that capital, uh, it wasn't going to get me to any early retirement or financial freedom very quickly. So I found syndications and I haven't looked back. So since then, I've I've partnered with experienced teams on single multifamily assets. I've done fund of funds. I'm doing build to rent right now. So things are uh, things are exploding and I'm no longer in my W-2. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, is there... Was there a market change that made you go the build to rent route? Uh, or just an opportunity that fell in your yeah, lap? Yeah, it, it was it was kind of an opportunity. I mean, that asset class is just just blowing up. Uh, there is so much demand, like billions of dollars, actually hundreds of billions of dollars of institutional money is going towards investing in built to rent communities, but they don't build. So we'll build and we'll sell it to them and investors get along for the ride. So the investors get in at the development level. And so uh, I have some friends that the built to rent is basically like syndicators who partner with builders and then start doing new development. And we chose built to rent. And I, I just happened to know these guys and they started pumping that they're doing built to rent. So as I expressed my interest and they pulled me in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So you started real estate in 2018 and syndication started what year? Uh, I, I would say I started educating myself via um, online videos and podcasts back in 2019. Um, 2020, I started networking with people and really getting more serious. I think it, yeah, going back in the way back machine again, in 2021, I had my first fail. My very first syndication was a 23 unit right outside of Denver. We had to back out of that deal, um, and my the earnest money went hard, and I lost thirty thousand dollars. So you think of these mentorship programs out there that cost thirty thousand dollars. Well, I got mine through the world of hard knocks. I learned a lot, and I may have learned more through that failure than I would have through some guru program. So um, no investors were harmed in that, but I immediately took that, took the weaknesses, got another coach, and. Uh, yeah, here I am. I got a coach to figure out how to solve my weakness and then just started growing and became successful. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, <laughs> I had a 16 unit under contract. Um, I wasn't going to syndicate. It was going to be more of a JV, but nobody, like I didn't have the, the strong enough connections in my network. So nobody trusted me on the deal. Yes. <laughs> nobody would yes. come in on me. I just, I lost the earnest money. Luckily it wasn't anywhere near 30,000. It was more like two or 3000, but um, it just, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> when you fail yeah. on first deal. <laughs> yes. Um, and what's funny is you talk to enough syndicators out there and whether it's they having to back out on earnest money or I mean, there's people that have lost hundreds of thousands, if not a million dollars on a on a given transaction. And a lot of those, they have managed to protect their investors, but they have taken a deep hit in their pocket. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Are you primarily on the raising capital side? Do you also operate slash asset manage? Tell us yep. a bit more. So from an SEC perspective, we can't just be 100% capital raisers unless we create a fund to fund. And that's that's a different gig. But uh, yes, primarily capital raising, but I have to, to bring value elsewhere. And on one asset, I did asset management. On another, like the built to rent, I'm doing a lot of upfront um website, investor relations, um, lead flow. There's there's a lot of stuff on the front end that I'm working on from a capital raising standpoint that's helping them out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us about your motivation. What gets you up and gets you going every day? Yeah, the whole, it's funny that I started out with that duplex thinking, you know what, I'm just going to buy a, a big portfolio and and retire early and live off of passive income. Uh once I got in the syndication world, everything started changing because anyone you meet in this and who's a serious syndicator has uh, a different mindset. Like everyone's coming from a different background. They could be doctors, nurses, lawyers, winemakers, you name it, engineers like myself. And it's and it's the mindset of abundance and let's go change the world. And time is the most valuable you can't call it a commodity. It's the most valuable thing to us humans. So let's maximize it. It just it just changes the perspective. And that's exactly what I want. Right? I, I want time. You got to focus on time because I have two kids and I just want to live with to maximize my time with a four and six year old. And I want to be able to travel the world. I want to be able to give back. Yeah, I love it. Maximize your time, travel the world, give back. Um, curious, you just quit your W2. Is that like in the past month, in the past year? Uh, two months ago, January. Two months ago. March. <laughs> and I assume it's because of the success of your deals. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not, I didn't 100% replace my income because at some point I was working nights and weekends for two, two and a half years. At some point it becomes unsustainable. It gets really hard to scale to just doing nights and weekends. And you get really burnt out. You start becoming less effective in your day job and you start becoming, and you're just, you can only do so much nights and weekends. So it's not sustainable. You just have to choose to, to make that leap. Luckily, my wife makes a, a she has a good salary. So uh, we're just going to live on her income and everything I bring in is bonus until I get stability. And then it, I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to take long before I skyrocket in a few years from now, she will be work optional as well. Yeah. When it takes off, it takes off. 
Yeah. Especially like with the deals you have going, most of the time the syndicators see the profit on the back end of the deal three to five years out. Is that right? Yeah. So let's let's break this down a little bit more. A lot of people ask this question. There's multiple ways we make money. The one is largely it's it's on the upside because of the equity and at the sale. Um, we do share in, in the cash flow as long as we've met like a, a preferred return. But in the beginning, we do get an acquisition fee. So you can kind of look at that as like the active income for a syndicator. It takes four to 500 hours to close on a given property. If you have a 100 unit, 200 unit property, that takes a ton of time. So we give ourselves an acquisition fee anywhere between one and 3%. That is usually a healthy amount just divided amongst a few of us, right? You take like a $20 million, a $20 million apartment building, divide that a 3% and five GPs or 10 GPs, you can get a, a good healthy uh, fee from that. And that that is really what sustains us until the full cycle deals start coming through. And then that's when really the, the big money hits. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just curious, what is like the normal amount of syndications that any given syndicator can close per year? Are we looking at one a year, two a year, you get into four yeah. a year? Uh, geez, the, some of the guys are, some of these bigger groups are doing six to eight or more. Yeah. Um, but at that point you have a company and you have 30 to, and you look at rise 48, they have 200 employees working for them. So, and they're fully vertically integrated with property management, general contractors, um, people like me, I, I target, I want to do six. Last year, I only did three, but the economy is also a driver in this. Yeah. It's some assets are harder to get right now. The interest rates are high. And then also investors. Investors have really retracted. The news cycles have got a lot of people scared and they just were sending on their money. Inflation's eating away at, at people's pockets while they, they fear investing. So yeah, there's a lot of factors that, that are slowing us down. Yeah. For sure. How do you navigate those conversations when you're talking with investors and they're sitting on their money, kind of fear mongering going on? Yeah, it's a delicate conversation. Um, I, I stopped watching the news oh, like two years ago just because it annoys me. I, it's yeah. just like clickbait. And and they, they hit on these stories that'll get attention, but it's not necessarily the reality. So... I, I wish I would watch more news so I'd know what, what's getting pumped into people's minds. But it is, it's it's hitting those pain points. Is the stock market doing what you think it's going to do for you? Are you satisfied with the stock market returns? And sometimes they're like, no. Are you looking to catch up on your retirement so you can retire at an age you want to retire at? Yeah. Well, sometimes it's good to invest in a property that gives you cash flow now versus waiting for that that time when your retirement, your nest egg is going to be available. You can control your income. You invest for income rather than invest for hoping your nest egg is big enough. So there's there's a lot of pain points you can hit. And that's really what I try to dig out of investors because everybody has a different pain point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. So we know you're trying to you know, maximize your time, travel, and give back. Do you have any specific ways you're looking to give back? Yeah, there's a program called Engineers Without Borders. It's like Doctors Without Borders, but engineers 
find ways to create like water filtration systems in Africa or these third world countries or find way to get power in the communities that don't have it. I mean, there's all sorts of unique ways that engineers can solve problems around the world. Hmm. I gotcha. I didn't know about engineers without borders. That's interesting. Yeah. It's lesser (laughs) known. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there we go. Let's jump into dreams and goals now. Engineers without borders, traveling back, any others that you want to chat about? Like, do you see yourself with the vertically integrated company here in five, 10 years? Or where do you see that going? Uh, Yeah. 200 employees in two years. No. (laughs) You know, what's funny. I, I kind of don't set some of those aspirations. I've, I've allowed myself more serendipitous uh, growth because as long as you're bringing a huge amount of value to people and you're targeting, uh, I mean, I'm targeting time freedom. So to me, having a company with 200 employees seems like a job and you don't have to have that in order to have financial freedom. So if there's a partnership that that lands in my lap that I just feel like this is perfect. We're all going to complement each other. We all want the time freedom in the end and we can all support each other to get there. I'll do it. But yeah, I, I mean, I don't have aspirations to have a hundred million dollars in my bank account. It's, it's not necessary. I need enough to live the life I just want to live. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I like that perspective. Was there ever a point where you wanted that $100 million and you had to shift that perspective or have you always been kind of grounded? Uh, I always, well, that's funny you ask that because I never figured I would get to $100 million, even though I probably could now. But it's in real estate, it's it's very possible if I put my, myself to it. But no, as an engineer, you're never going to get to that $100 million bank account. So uh, no, but where I guess... To answer the question in a different way, how I shifted my perspective to, to this serendipitous um, life growth is I, I was talking to some leaders back when I'm in corporate America. I'm interviewing these higher level people. And this guy is like, you know, how'd you get to where you are? Because he was a director of, of um, a big department, probably doing really well. And... I was like, so are you satisfied that where you got to? And he's like, no, I just wanted to be a VP. Like he did not get to the point where he wanted to be, even though he's making good money, he's in an astute position. He was, he wasn't satisfied with where he got in life and he was retiring soon. I'm like, God, that sucks. I mean, he just beat himself to death, working super hard, taking on more and more responsibility, working more and more hours, you know, the rat race. Yeah. And then he wasn't happy with where he got to. That's not even the life to live. Another VP I talked to, uh, asked him how he got to where he got to. And he said, you know, it's serendipitous. You just keep providing value. You work hard and all of a sudden opportunities fall in your lap. And that one sounds good. You go do that. And next thing you know, you're end up in some totally different spot you never expected. But it's it's something that's you can really get behind and enjoy. I, those those two mindsets are very different. And I'm like, well, I'm going to choose this this other mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. The serendipitous mindset also leads to you just, uh, I feel like being more present and just enjoying life a bit more. Yes. yes. Accepting stuff as it comes, which I feel like is really the key to life. You know, you could get all the success in the world, but if you're miserable, you hate yourself and you hate the moment you're in. Yeah. It's not worth anything. So. 
I could dig it. I could dig it. Yeah. Well, awesome. So hmm, I'm trying to I had a question in the back of my head. <laughs> and now I'm trying to remember it. I guess for I I saw you primarily deal with engineers when it comes to raising capital. Are you yeah. like just using your network from when you were working? Are you running ads? Do you have like a freebie you give out? What's the kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. process look like? So let's let's talk about engineers really quick. Um, they're very hard to convert. And I, I get it. I'm an engineer. There's skepticism, all the time skepticism and analysis paralysis. It's really hard to convert an engineer. It takes a lot of effort. Um, but I do... Uh, for the longest time, I was just doing LinkedIn. I, I still am. LinkedIn is my number one place. I I post, I create value, I educate, and then I get inbound leads. But as of January, I started doing outbound reach and starting connecting to um, higher level, higher net worth engineering, like VP of engineers, directors of engineering, just because I know those you got to have people with deeper pockets in order to start investing $50,000 or more comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have clients, are they taking the 50 K right out of their, you know, checking account or is this like a 401 K conversion? Yeah. Um, so the solo 401 K is, is hard to do because you have to have your own business without any employees. I have one, I have a solo 401 K. Um, just, I, I guess for your listeners, let's go back on that a little bit. You can convert. If you have your own company, you can set up a solo 401k. You take, basically, I took my old Boeing 401, turned it into a solo 401, and now I have self-directed or checkbook control where I can deploy it to if I want to invest in crypto or real estate, uh, Boolean, I think I can buy gold with it. Um, it's nice because now I have more control over my 401 money. You can also do the same with self-directed IRAs. That's more... That's the easier path for most people. You don't, there's no threshold or uh, special requirements. You, if you just have an IRA, you can turn it into a self-directed. Um, I did HELOC. I like to talk about all the ways I can get my money. So I have a ton of equity in my primary residence. So you go to the bank, you get a HELOC. Back when I got it, I was like a 3% interest rate. And I was investing into properties giving 15 to 20% annual average returns. Seems like a fair trade. And there's a ton of, so if you don't use your equity in your house, it's dead equity. It means nothing. If you don't plan on selling your house, that's a ton of value that's totally worthless. Yep. A lot of people like to say, I have a ton of equity in my house. Well, what good is it unless you plan on moving to use that equity for something else or unless you start trying to invest it and leverage it? Uh, there's a fourth one. Yeah, selling stocks or you know, they have $50,000 in the savings account. That's so to, to be honest, I get all, I get multiple, a lot of people move the money out of the stock market and push it into these and savings accounts as well as self-directed IRAs. Gotcha. 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 Out of the stock market, the self-directed IRAs. And did you say a decent number are doing HELOCs as well or less on the HELOCs? Uh, I, to be honest, HELOC money comes through as just cash to us. We don't see whether it's coming from a HELOC. Same with people selling money out of the stock market and giving it to us. To us, it's just cash. Yeah. Um, with self-directed IRAs and 401ks, that is, those need to remain in certain shelters. 
we have to have paperwork in place. Uh, there's LLCs in place. So those are much more obvious to us. I gotcha. Well, nice. Are there any skills that you feel like you need to develop to really get to that next step towards your dreams and goals? Oh, God, so many. Um, <laughs> this is why I hire coaches. I'm now on my uh, third third coach. So every, every time you find a weakness, you got to go find a coach. And sometimes you just got to dive deeper and deeper. Like for syndicators, you start off with syndication 101. You learn the whole thing. But at a certain point, you got to figure out what what your thing is going to be and dive deep. So I ended up capital raising and I'm now I have a sales coach. Uh, marketing is hard. I need, I need help there. And so that's where I, I get coaching, but now I need to start hiring out for that. The other thing is when you start working for yourself, even though I've managed a big program, had lots of employees, I'm finding it's hard to manage myself. Like it, time blocking and, and just hitting the low hanging fruit versus spending the time on the big challenging thing that makes the most value. That is really hard to do. So that's just being better with using my time. I gotcha. So when you say marketing, I know you're doing like LinkedIn right now, Yeah, a vision for other forms of marketing that you'll be doing, or you just need to um, LinkedIn skills. You know, they, they always say hone in on what's working and and don't don't spread yourself too thin across the board. Like go, going and creating content for TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. And once you get too many, I can only create so much content and yeah. the engagement, right? And you got to deal with algorithms. So just focus in on where your audience is. That's key. But outside of that, and I consider this more sales side, you got to get in front of people. So I'm starting to get better at going to local meetups. Uh, I did a chamber of commerce thing last week, which actually turned out pretty fruitful. There was only like 11 people in the room, but I got a lot of attention that day. There's people who want to find better ways to invest their money. And you just got to put yourself out there and talk to everyone, tell people in an elevator, sit next to people at a bar and you know, just, just start a conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. That is so interesting. I like the, um, the it's still a very one-to-one -one approach, you know, like usually when you uh, think yes. marketing, it's like Facebook ads, throw $10,000 in, get 10,000 leads and convert 100 of them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's even worse than that, I think. So no, we don't, no throwing money at ads. Uh, that's, that's not very good. Um, I know a lot of people create books. I think for some that's okay, but for a lot of them, they spend a lot of money, like $12,000 to get a book and they barely get anything from it. Um, it. It all comes down to that person on person contact. It's the relationship. When people are investing $50,000, they're putting their trust in you. You've got to have that one-on-one -on -one relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Um, have you ever thought about... I was reading this one book. I think it was called Getting the Money by Susan Lassiter Leones or something like that. I think that's what the book is called. And she actually talked about direct mail for getting private investors. Have you ever thought about that? Yes. I hired a marketing company last year. I'm not working with them anymore, but they had a, a financial advisor client who very specifically did 
just mailers to affluent communities in a given city. He just had very, very specific targeted market. And he had enough clients in that market that referrals get around and, and the yep. mailers come in all of a sudden uh, he would get enough conversions. I thought about doing that and I still might, but I need marketing help to do that because for me to figure out how to write a, a mailer that's going to convert people. Uh, I, uh, that's once again, I'm an engineer, Yeah, <laughs> but I wouldn't mind having someone who's good at that. Right. You got to write the, the correct uh, things. I mean, it's, it's all comes down to copywriting. It how does. good you are at it. It does for sure. For sure. Um, there was this podcast I listened to as well. Do you know Whitney Sewell? Yeah. 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 His podcast had like a raising capital episode. And I think there was this one syndicator that like went to an accountant who sent like, I think it's a K1. Is it a K1? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was sending out K1s, like an accountant that sent out a bunch of K1s. He's like, Hey, I'll pay for your mailing cost If you let me slip an advertisement for my company in the mail. And Whoa. by doing that, you know, he, he got sent out to like a thousand people or however many clients the accountant had who were already investing in real estate. And so when they saw that company recommended by the account, recommended by the accountant, right? Like put, put some quotes around that. You're just, your name is with the accountant's brand. He got a lot of leads like that. Dude, that is brilliant. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Noted. Accountants can be kind of hard to talk to, but <laughs> if you find a good one. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe my the, my accountant would be down for that. Probably, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And then, um, so you got sales coach for your sales skills. Yeah. Just talked about marketing a little bit. And then you're working on managing yourself as well. The time blocking and doing really impactful things versus like the nitty gritty. The that distracted. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Uh, that is always like a... It's really hard when you are alone too. Like when you're going to an office, like even if you're a CEO and you're going to an office, there's still more accountability than when you have your whole day and you're designing your yeah. whole day and a good chunk of it might not be meetings right now. It might be doing some deep work on some really impactful things. And so, yeah, it, yeah time blocking, that'll get you, man. I'll get you. I'll get and the you. thing is, is you're working at home and you can just get on your computer. Like I'm still doing nights and weekends because- yeah. I just got stuff to do. I'm a solopreneur. Exactly. Uh, but at least I know I can walk away at, at one o'clock in the afternoon if I have to and go take a kid to the doctor. It doesn't matter. I can take three days off and go skiing with the family. So there's there's perks to it, but you can also work yourself to death if you don't, you know, really control your own time. Yeah, absolutely. What are the highest impact daily actions that tick the needle forward for you right now? Um, as my sale coach says, engage, engage, engage. You, you just have to do reach out to the leads, whether it's calling existing leads and cultivating that, that relationship or, uh, reaching out to new leads. I think that's the biggest impact I can make. Yeah, there we go. And is there a character trait you need to develop right now to kind of get to that next step? Oh, there's always character traits. Um, I need to learn how to do copy better. I don't know that that's a character trait. Um, <laughs> we put that on yeah. the skills. I need to be a better communicator. 
it, it all comes back to this. I ha- there's a very good reason why I have a sales coach because as an engineer getting into sales and marketing, it's a brand new world for me. So uh, communication, I think is probably, it just comes down to that. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Communication. What do you think is the hardest part for communication when it, uh, for you? I think it's the the written copy and, and saying the things that'll bring people in, the things that'll engage people. Because like, you can write all sorts of stuff all day long and no one's going to engage with it. It's yeah. finding a way to to be able to communicate something that will drive engagement. And when there's engagement, that's when you get more value. That's when more leads start coming inbound. People... Um, and then uh, to be honest, the algorithms of all social media will start driving your content further and you'll get more reach. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, like learned a little bit about copywriting and it still eludes me. Like, it's still like, even when you know, like the basics of it, the foundation of it, it's like words that like address fears or words that address like their deepest desires, you know? And like use the words that they use in their everyday life. It's still like really hard to get that. It is to get that. So I've been at it for a year on LinkedIn and um, I've been getting better. I mean, putting in the reps and practice, you'll always get better. Right. And now I'm reading a book called copywriting secrets by Jim Edwards. I was going to suggest that book to you. (laughs) So I'm in the middle of it, but yeah, it's goodness. And I feel like I know a lot of it. I just need to figure out how to be better at it Yeah, or I hire someone that's good at it. Cause at some point there's the book who, not how I need to start hiring who's rather than figure out how to do it on my own. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because with copywriting, you know, if you get a good copywriter and you pay him $2,000 to write you some direct mail, that's going to bring you a hundred investors. If you send out 5,000 of them, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, that's totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is totally worth it. Um, but yeah, you know, some copywriters will charge you a hundred thousand dollars. So be careful who you go in. <laughs> yes. No. I, I don't, you know, it's funny. I had a, it's a funny side story. I had the marketer who worked with Grant Cardone reach mm-hmm. out to me and I had no idea that this particular marketer created Grant Cardone. Like he wouldn't exist without this marketing team, the whole 10 X brand, all of his big speeches, they really? created him. Yeah. I'm like, Whoa. Uh, they, they've created some other very big, well-known people. And, um, I know some people actively doing it now and their, their LinkedIn profiles are just blowing up. So I was like, all right, I'm half tempted, but how much do you cost? And it was $10,000 a month. I'm like, well, yeah. maybe someday. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. After after a couple more syndications. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to. I need to get a. Yeah, it's funny because it's almost like a catch twenty two. Because if there was a way I could afford that now, where would I be in six months or a year from now? Like, would I just make up all that ground? Like, I go get a, a small business loan just to cover <laughs> one marketer who's going to make me explode. I don't know. I was about to say, you might want to look into business credit if that is the, like, if you really believe, if you're seeing that company blow some other LinkedIn's up, 
and they can bring you 200 investors in the next year. Is that yeah. 200 investors worth more than $120,000 to you? Probably, you know, just Maybe. put a number on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yes. Do you feel like you kind of should go for it, but something's holding you back? <laughs> yeah. Oh, always. So here's the problem. You hear this a lot in the world of syndicators. Like I have gone deep into the, Hey, do you have a marketing company that works really well? Do you have a good copywriter? Do you have a good VA? You're just constantly asking around who's got good resources. And when it comes to marketing, all the people I've asked are like, no, I just lost a bunch of money. I've lost a lot. And I've, I could say I've probably lost several thousand dollars to marketing attempts that I've paid for. Uh, and that's where you get this reservation of, God, am I just going to throw another thousand dollars at something that's not going to work? Let alone $10,000 at something that, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Even the VAs, like I, I'm now digging back into finding a VA to help with just random admin stuff, doing website stuff. You know, that's the low hanging fruit that I shouldn't be spending time on. I can pay a VA five bucks an hour, but how much effort am I going to take just to get them the work and, and teach them through? Like I could just have done it already. <laughs> but then that's also the hard part because after you train them, it'll be completely off your plate, but it takes yes. so much more time upfront yeah. to train them than it would be to just do it this one time. Yeah. It's yeah, so... I, was talking, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to a company today. Their, their minimum is, uh, is 20 hours a week. And I'm like, man, I would love to offload 20 hours a week, but I don't know how to offload 20 hours a week. I just, without knowing the capability, it's going to take me 40 hours that week just to figure out how to offload 20 hours. It's just, I think I need to baby step myself into this. So I need to go to, just need to find another VA that's competent and just deal, deal with the, the training. Yeah. Maybe they'll come through. Yeah. Maybe you should look for a VA that can copyright. I bet there's one out there. You know, the VA. Yeah. Is you know, I've actually got a form right now, uh, a stateside copywriter that I'm, I was filling out right before dialing into this. So, because <laughs> uh, you can't, I don't think you can, you know, you can hire these people in the Philippines or India for $5 an hour and they're very capable at doing WordPress website. Like my podcast went live, go put it in there. All of this simple admin stuff, they are more than capable and $5 an hour is totally worth it. Um, Copywriting is way different. Yeah. That is like, you, you got to have someone who's native English speaker. You got to have someone who understands the market, the niche market. You got to put in more money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. If there were one or two people that you can meet right now, it could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd help you take that next step. Would it be the copywriter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, or would it be honest, someone else? Uh, you know, what would be really great is a marketer who can help me build a full strategy. Like right now, my strategy is just hit LinkedIn and do some outbound. Um, I, I need someone that can give me a better cohesive marketing strategy, which can give me more focus. Like it might be keep doing LinkedIn, keep doing your thing, but then add mailers and then go do this other thing. And let's get you on a talking circuit and get you on the stage, right? It's it's someone that can confidently tell me and point me in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a goal for how many investors you would need before you could do all the syndications you want to do in a given year? 
Um, that's a great question. To be honest, I'm just shooting for a $4 million raise this year. That That's yeah. my target. Uh, and that could come in many shapes. I mean, I've, I have some investors in my database I haven't converted yet, but they could do a million dollars or $500,000. But a majority of them are $50,000 investors. So it's going to take a lot to get there. Yeah. Yeah. How many $50,000? What is that? 80, $50,000 investors? Uh, yeah, something like that. Because a million would be 20. Yep. That's right. Yeah. 80 people. So that's why, I mean, investors are hard to convert. So that's why it's nice to have the 100K investors, the 250, 500 here and there. What does your investor touch point program look like? Is it like once a week, once every two weeks, once a month? Uh, I got monthly newsletters, but I also do monthly meetups. Okay. Um, I, I have drip campaigns and stuff for the initial download. And then, um, and then I do, I, I try to get on the phone. I need to get better. I, let me put it this way. I need to get better at getting on the phone and just talking to them. But it's hard when you have it. I mean, my database is relatively small compared to others, but I have 300 people in there and 300 people to call. Yeah. 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 I gotcha. There we go. Well, nice. A marketer who can help you build a full strategy. Yeah. Is there anything that you would be opposed to doing in a marketing strategy? I think ads and SEO. I've already been down that rabbit hole and I've also with my coaching, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Until I, maybe I'm, you know, able to pay $10,000 for a marketing company a month, then maybe ads is worth it. <laughs> very true. Very true. Very true. But SEO is also one of those things you have to pay 30 to $60,000 a year and you have to have a company that's willing to create content and pump it out there every day. That's the only way to win the SEO game. And at a certain point, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. If you, do you think being with that company where you pay 10,000 a month for two years would make you more or less than $240,000? <laughs> I would hope it makes me way more. But that's like, the thing, right? Do you believe it would actually make you more? Are you kind of- oh, that's the so this is where like the engineer me, engineers are skeptical. And this is where I, I feel a little skeptical because uh, some of that relies on the personality. Like Grant Cardone is just this, this big personality that they can leverage. I'm, I'm more quiet personality. I, and that's, that's going to be harder. I can't get on a TV show and just, just deliver. And Grant's just good at it. He's just a great he was born to be a, a great, uh, just thrown in the fire and able to say whatever he says, right? I, yeah. It's hard for me to do that. Yeah. Back to the communication piece. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Interesting. Interesting. So they, they did like all of his bookings and everything, huh? It wasn't like I, just... That's my impression. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Let's get you on TV shows. Let's get you on stages. Let's build this book. Let's do the, the, the whole 10X brand is theirs. Wow. Yeah. They yeah. created that. That's impressive. They're, that is a big brand. Yeah. <laughs> and they've done some other massive brands. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Who do you think you would be two years from now, paid them $240,000? Do you <laughs> think your communication skills will have been honed such that 
you are speaking possible. in a different way. Yeah, and I'd own a Gulfstream and be flying around in a private jet. <laughs> <laughs> a yacht in the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But it, it's the thing. Do you, Is that what I want? I, I mean, it'd make me a bunch of money, and then I could exit stage left and just ride the wave that I created. But, yeah, it's such a great question, and I think about it all the time. I, there's another marketer who I think could do a great job. And she said 5,000 a month. And that, that was my initial gut punch. And then I ended up talking to this other team at 10,000 a month. And I'm like, Oh, that 5,000 sounds a little better now. Yeah. Yeah. What would it take for you to commit to it right now? What would have to happen? <laughs> uh, Maybe that's this a great question. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I would have to think about that a lot. I think one, I need more money in my pocket to to throw at that. Well, it's how you get more money in your pocket, though. It's how, yeah, it's true. Yeah, you got to spend money to make money. Um, I would have to get very creative. Like I got a lot of money out there building equity and some yeah. cash flow, but it's not like, yeah. Hey, just just uh, syndicate the money and give people equity in your brand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is part of the way they make money is one, they get you started on $10,000 a month retainer. And then um, once you start making money, like you're doing keynote speeches and getting $10,000, making $10,000 on the keynote talk that you they put you in and wrote your speech for you, they do a, a, a profit share. So that's their incentive. They like continue. All right, you're you're now gonna get out there. We're gonna make you money, and you're gonna give us part of the profit split. So that's their business model. They sound like some good people to be around. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean they're well connected. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, cool. We're gonna jump into our thriving three now. These are uh, these questions are a bit quicker. What's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. So let's go favorite book. And I always choose a different book because I like a lot of them. But um, Killing Sacred Cows came across my my feed again recently. And I, I read that over a year ago. But the society has taught the poor and middle class how to do, how to manage your money in one way. And then the wealthy do something completely different. And it'll open your eyes to why the wealthy do it. And the way we've been trained to do things like your retirement accounts, I'll be honest, they, they aren't the bees knees you think they are. That's so right. killing, <laughs> killing sacred cows will, will help you open your mind and understand why. Yeah. Awesome. What's one way you like to take care of yourself? I work out four to six days a week. Lifting cardio. CrossFit, so both. There we go. And what is one action step you can take right now to meet that marketer who can help you build that full strategy? <laughs> I know you're going to go right back there. What's what's it going to take to get you in this car today? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, oh, man. I, I was doing some soul searching earlier today as I was looking for some VAs. It, it comes back to where do I need the most help? Maybe I knock off the low hanging fruit that annoys the crap out of me and get that VA. And then I need a marketer. It's like those, those two back to back. Yeah, that's. 
it's been eating at me for a while now. How long, how long is a while? Times. How long is a while? Uh, let's see. I hired my first VA a year ago, fired them two months later. Uh, yeah. Two months later, uh, I hired a marketing team back in October, November. That didn't work out January. They, they actually quit before I, I quit. I dropped them and I, I haven't gotten anyone back on the horse yet. Mm. So that girl for $5,000 a month, what does she say she would do for you? Is it similar, like get you on TV shows, get you speaking? No, no, it's nothing like that. Hers is more very, very targeted lead generation and doing uh, marketing. Like, I think she would help with doing the copy, getting me on the right places in social media, not hitting them all. Um you know, that's a great question. We didn't we didn't go too deep, but uh, she is a very specific finance driven marketer. She understands the world I play in. A lot of marketers have no clue, which is why you can get sideways and lose money like I did. They didn't understand it. And so it's hard for them to market it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think I feel like. um if she's a really good copywriter and she understands the world, that could be really helpful towards the direct mail campaign. Yes. And especially with your dreams and goals, like it doesn't sound like it sounds like one of them is branding. And then one of them is like, um, I forget what it's called direct response marketing, where it's like, you're going to get a transaction. You're going to get a conversion out of it quicker. Whereas like, I feel like with the $10,000 a month, you could be, going on TV shows, having keynote speeches, and they may produce, they may not for like 12 months, but then the 12 months after that, you might blow up. Whereas like yeah. the $5,000 a month girl, I feel like she's going to, you know, I think about, it's, you know, it's far more targeted. I think exactly. it'll, nope. it'll be lead generation. Exactly. Very targeted lead generation. You'll get 10 investors in two months or something like that, you know? Yeah. And it is, I mean, there's a lot of brand, brand awareness and she'd probably modify my website. You know, it's, it's always a work in progress. Yeah. Trip campaigns, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. All right. Last couple questions for you. What is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life? If any, <laughs> I'm full of them. <laughs> uh, I'm not worthy. Uh, I don't, I don't have the expertise. I don't think they're going to like me. I, I mean, everything comes up. It's it's self doubt, absolutely. Self doubt comes up all the time. Actually, so I have two coaches right now. I have the sales coach, and then I have a high performance coach, and he's the one that does a lot of that mindset stuff. Like you need to get out of your own head. Yeah. So it's it's weekly mindset workshops, which are useful, and it's good to have that mastermind team there as well. For sure, for sure. I love it. So you have these limiting beliefs, but you have coaches for the limiting beliefs. Question, do you have any actions that reinforce your limiting belief? So you have the limiting belief and then you act based on that belief, which gets you the results of that limiting belief. Yeah, you know, if, if you think it's going to fail, it will fail. It's like when you ride a mountain bike and you're staring at that rock, you will hit that rock and go yep. over. Um, yeah, you know, it's like, 
the cheesy thing. It's like having a case of the Mondays. Sometimes you just have a bad day or you get rejected. An investor wants in and then they back out for something. It, it'll knock you, it'll knock the wind out of you, take the wind out of shows. And I, at some point you got to realize you can't let that get to you. You yeah. can have your own pity party. Pity parties are fine for five minutes, but you need to get over it and move on. That's the hard part you got to figure out. And that's what I'm working on. So I've been listening to these podcasts or like the daily motivational podcasts. It's good. They're like five or 10 minutes long and they have snippets of, of motivational speakers yelling in your ear about just get up and do it. So it helps just get away from the computer, listen to those motivational speeches and get your mindset straight and get back to work. Yeah. All righty. Last question for you. Actually, we got two more. My bad. Okay. If you were to change your limiting beliefs into an abundant phrase that really spoke to your heart, what would that phrase be? Oh man, that's deep. Um, I got to start off with a limiting phrase. We can hit one hey. of the three from earlier, either I'm not worthy, no expertise, they may not be, <laughs> or any of the other ones, if you have any more. Um, yeah, I think the, like, I, I don't know that my investors are going to convert for me to even go into this deal. I don't know that I'll be able to raise enough. My sales coach kind of sets it, gives us the, the talk. She's like, no, you can do it. Even if you're not raising success successfully in the beginning, you you will win in the fourth quarter. You are the fourth quarter athlete, and you will make it happen. Uh, just it's the whole man in the arena quote. Yeah. I actually have it hanging above here, right? It's get in the arena and just go. Stop. Stop with the the limiting beliefs. You are a fourth quarter winner. Yeah, I love it. Last question: What is your favorite? belief about yourself um you know it's funny I, I throughout life i have put myself in very stretch goal positions like i built a <laughs> random story i built an aircraft an experimental airplane had i ever built an airplane before no i've engineered them but i've never hand built a, a little two-seater aircraft had no idea how to do it but friends and i we just did it we just got in there and did it and we figured it out. I mean, I, I can take that story and look at so many other times in my life when I just, just decided to take that leap of faith and I'm going to figure it out. And so far I have succeeded at all of those leap of faiths. So I'm just going to go do this, taking this leap of faith. And so far I'm succeeding. Sounds like you're talking yourself into $10,000 a month worth of marketing. <laughs> or five. <laughs> yeah, or five, or five. <laughs> <laughs> there we go i like that though i like that well awesome flint that's all we got for you man is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off no i think that's good you can reach out to me at, at uh investwithflint.com it'll take you to my site that's his capital sounds good if you guys were listening to this and you loved what flint had to say make sure to check him out at investwithflint.com that will be down in the show notes thank you guys for watching flint thank you for coming on the show thank you timmy Awesome. We'll see you guys on the next one. And on that note, we're out. 
Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.